You're listening to the Church 2911 Sermons Podcast. You can find notes for this message along with more information about our church at church2911.com. Here's our lead pastor, Rick Hand, with this week's message. Today we're going to be talking about the Apostle Paul. You may have heard of him in the New Testament. Now, Paul has this awesome thing about his life that it was it was divided with this very definitive moment in his life where he went from persecuting and being against the church and all that Christianity was to actually being involved in making the church happen. And before this time, he was called Saul, known as Saul. After this, he's known as Paul. Wouldn't that be awesome to have that in your life this this time where you could just maybe rename yourself, rebrand yourself, those kinds of things. But you know, the problem is just changing your name, if that's all you do, is not going to make a whole lot of difference. Just changing something about your life, just one little thing like that, is not going to make a whole lot of difference. A, a label, a change like that, not unless there's a real change. There was a real change in Paul. He went from being against Christ to being sold out to Christ. He went from Saul to Paul. And where Saul had education, he had religion, he had... A, Everything pretty map, pretty well mapped out for his whole life. And those things aren't necessarily bad, but he was using them and going in a, a wrong direction. But when he became Paul, there were so many things about his life. I mean, it, it, you could think back to our last sermon series on not going back to normal. Paul could have easily slipped back to normal. He could have easily gone back because Saul was his normal, the before, but, but Paul was his better than normal. In the book of Philippians, this is a letter that Paul writes to a church, and he talks about everything that has happened in his life up to this time, all the bad stuff he had done opposing the church, and even the good stuff he had done to this point. But he said, you know, even even in that, he says, I'm I'm not comfortable that I'm just going to say, hey, I've attained everything, I've done it all, you know, I've I've accomplished everything I want to accomplish in life. He said, no, I, I forget that that's behind me. And I'm pressing forward. I'm pressing toward the awesome things that God still wants to do in my life. And because of this attitude of not going back, because of this attitude of not being satisfied with yesterday and satisfied with uh, uh, even the stuff that he did that was good, he continued to accomplish great things. I, I mean, he, he literally impacted the entire Roman Empire. He spoke to kings and magistrates. He he planted or or had a hand in planting and establishing and supporting the new churches throughout the Roman Empire. He's even impacting your life and mine today. He wrote virtually half of the New Testament. And so Paul kept doing this. He, he, He never slowed down. He never relied on yesterday. He never looked back, but he kept looking forward. One way I like to define this difference with Saul and Paul. Same man, but Saul had religion. Paul had relationship. Paul had relationship, and not just with Jesus Christ, but he had relationship with the Christians of the first century. He had relationships with these churches. So if Paul were alive today, where would Paul be? Like today, where would Paul be? Where would Paul go? Who would he connect with? And, and, uh, one of my favorite stories in the Bible about Paul 
is when he went to the laundromat. I mean, that'd be one of the places Paul would go. If he were alive today, he would go down to the laundromat. Okay, it wasn't really a laundromat. It was down at the riverside. And we find him doing this. He goes down to the riverside and he's, he's just looking for some, for some people who maybe are looking for a time to pray. And, and this was probably one of the places that they may have washed their clothes. But today the laundromat was closed because it was the Sabbath. So no one had gone to the river to wash clothes or to gather water because the Jews couldn't do that. Even though they were in Europe, they couldn't do that. And so they just went down there to relax, maybe to sit around, maybe to pray and maybe to talk. Paul goes there. And here's what's really, really interesting. Now, Paul has a first missions trip and he goes throughout a lot of what we would, today would call Southwestern Asia. And he uh, is, is preaching and strengthening those who have come to know Christ. But on this second missions trip, he gets a little closer to Europe and he, he has this vision. He hears and sees this man in Greece that says, come help us, we need you. And so Paul makes up his mind, we're going to Europe. And so they take that little boat ride over there and they end up in Europe. And the very first time we have anyone recorded preaching anything about Jesus in Europe is this time that Paul goes down to the riverside, maybe the place where, where the women wash their clothes all week, but they came there for prayer. And he leads one person, Lydia, you, you might have heard of her, but she becomes very instrumental in the church in Philippi because of this very first message that was preached about Jesus in Europe. Think about that. The first message that was preached in Europe can be traced back to a riverside somewhere. Not some big cathedral, not some huge church building, but just out somewhere where people gathered. That's the kind of place Paul would go to today. If Paul were alive today in, in North Jefferson County, I believe one of the places he would go would be to Jack's. Yeah, you, you've been to Jack's, right? Have you ever seen, you go in there and, you know, that big, one big round table that they've got and all the guys sitting around drinking coffee and talking about whatever, right? That's the kind of place Paul would go to. Or Starbucks or, or, or the Quad or, or Campus Green. That's the kind of place Paul would go to because that's the place where people would gather. Paul went there then. Paul would go there now. So then what does that say to us today? You know, over the last three months, we've learned how to do a lot of things online. We've learned how to do a lot of things online. But what we're also seeing is we can't really be the church unless we connect with others in our community. We've learned how to do online, but we can't really be the church unless we connect with others in our communities. Doing is not enough. It's about being. We're not called to do church. We're called to be the church. Paul didn't go around doing church. He went around being the church. And, and he's an example for us today. All right. I'm probably going to... Um, maybe even offend some of you with, with this statement right here. Because I think sometimes we forget this, that we're not here to do church, we're here to be the church. Because we kind of get this idea, this attitude that our calling is to be righteous. Our calling is to act right. You know, the things that are supposed to be done and do them and, you know, and, and all, the, all the do's and all the don'ts, you know, and the things that we're supposed to refrain from. But that's not our calling. 
or, or to, to do good things, to do good deeds for other people. That some of us think that's what our calling is. Because that's why Jesus left us here. But I, I, I disagree. I don't think that's it. Because when we come to Christ and we're born spiritually, that new birth, the new birth in John chapter 3 where, where Jesus was talking to Nicodemus. He's talking about that new birth, that spiritual birth. And when we're born again as one of Christ and we're, we're taken into His family, our DNA changes. Just like Paul had this moment where he went from Saul to Paul. You and I have that same moment when we accept Christ. And, and when we accept Christ, our DNA changes. And so this acting right and doing good, doing good deeds and those kinds of things, that's part of our DNA. That's not our calling. That's not our, our responsibility. That's part now of who we are. We act right and we do good because of who we are. Because our calling, our mission, our responsibility is to do what Christ told us to do. Right before Jesus left this earth, He was gathered with His disciples and, and He was telling them, and, and, and I say this often, that you know, a lot of times you know, when you want to tell someone something you know, right before you leave, you tell them the most important thing, like what's really on your mind, what's really on your heart. You know, Like you tell your kids to be safe when they, they walk out the door, that kind of a thing. So what Jesus tells the disciples in these last moments He has with them has to be really important, right? And a lot of them were standing there, and some of them wrote down what they remembered Jesus saying. And Mark, he wrote down this. He remembered Jesus saying to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. One of the things Matthew remembers Jesus saying is to also teach them to observe and keep everything that I have told you and taught you. And one of the things that Luke adds to that and he remembers is that Jesus said, you're going to receive power and this power is going to make you my witnesses in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, to the ends of the earth. Our call, our responsibility, our mission is not to act right and do good. That's part of who we are. Our call, our mission, our responsibility is to bring someone else to Jesus Christ. I know it's not good to do on video, but right here, I'd really just like to pause for a moment. I really want that to sink in. I want you to get this. As you and I, we act right and we do good things for other people because of the DNA we have, because we're like Christ. But our calling and our mission is to bring someone else to Jesus Christ. And we can't be we can't consider ourselves. We can't call ourselves. We can't be obedient until we do what Jesus told us to do. And He told us to go impact someone, to go preach this message, to go, tell, to go reach someone else, to go bring someone else to know Him. So we can act right all we want to. We can do good deeds all we want to. But unless we are also bringing someone to Jesus, we've not yet been obedient. Ow, I mean, I'm, I'm probably just rocking somebody's boat here right now. And uh, 476-2911, text me and we'll have, we'll have a discussion about it, all right? You can text the church, we'll have a discussion about it. But we're not obedient unless we're bringing somebody to Christ. Think about it this way. It should not be enough 
to feed someone, to fill their bellies, and to leave their spirit empty. Think about that and how often we do that and call it a good deed. And I served God today. You know, it should not be enough to, to, to pay someone's bills, to help someone get through the end of the month and then not address their eternity. Think about that. How, how, how can we call ourselves truly being obedient when we're not concerned about those things? Because these are the things Jesus did. Jesus did not just address the physical, but He also addressed the spiritual. And He didn't just address the spiritual, He addressed the physical. Part of it was, was because that's who He is. And part of it is because that's what His mission was. It's not enough to be someone's best friend and yet not introduce them to the very best friend they could ever have in this life. Acting right and doing good is who we are. But our mission, our call, our responsibility, what Jesus Christ has given us to accomplish is to reach someone for Him, to bring somebody else to His side, to introduce someone else to Jesus. Dave Gibson said this. He said, evangelism is a process that begins with prayer. Now, I know growing up, it seemed like we thought evangelism was something you pay someone to do. You know, the evangelist, give them an offering, they come in, they preach the sermons, and people get saved. Evangelism is a service. Evangelism is something we pay an evangelist to do. But I agree with Dave Gibson. Evangelism is a process that starts with prayer. And the last part of that quote, he says, so whose salvation are you praying for? Wow, man that, man, that challenged me. I hope it challenges you today also. Whose salvation are you praying for? Can you think for just a moment? Who do you know in your life that needs to know Jesus? Who do you know in your life that needs what you have found in Christ, they need that in their life. Who do you know? I'm giving you a moment. Think about it. Say their name out loud if you want to. Who do you know that needs to know Jesus? Because I want to pray with you for them right now in just a second. So I want you to think of someone, someone in your life that needs to know Jesus. Who is it? Who is it? Say their name. Whisper it if you have to, or, or say it out loud. Who is it that needs to know Jesus in your life? And I want to pray with you over that person, okay? And I also want to pray with you if, if you're that person that needs to know Jesus. Man, it's so easy. Jesus has already done the hard part. He's already died for our sins. All we have to do is accept His payment of His blood as the payment for our sins. Just accept that and begin this new life with Christ. So let's begin there. And then let's pray for those friends that we know those names that came to your mind, maybe the ones you even spoke out loud. Let's pray for them right now and let this evangelism process start with this prayer today, okay? Father, I come to you, Lord, and thankfully, thankfully, God, someone today is asking your son, Jesus, to be their savior. That, uh, that we're accepting his payment through his blood for the penalty of our sins. And God, for anyone that's doing that right now, God, make Make every promise of your word that is made to Christians. God, make it real in their life too today because they're coming to that. And write their name in your record books in heaven where you are, I pray. And God, for all of the names, God, 
I didn't get to hear any of the names. I don't know who these names are, but God, I pray. I agree with everyone that is praying with me right now over these names, God, and over these people. And I pray for their salvation. God, I don't have a plan yet of how to reach each one of those, but you have a plan. And I pray, God, that you just, you just start setting everything up that needs to be set up, that you create the moment and the opportunity, that you put the right person in their path to speak the right words. And God, that's going to be us. And probably in a lot of these situations, perhaps most of them, maybe all of them, we are the ones that you have put in their life to speak the words of life so they can come to know Jesus. Give us that opportunity to invite them to watch an online church service, to invite them to watch a six-minute devotion, or to somehow get involved, or just have a prayer with us, Lord. Open that opportunity. Let salvation come to their house today. In Jesus' name, amen. If you need prayer, we'd love to pray with you. You can email our prayer team at prayer at church2911.com or text us at 205-476-2911. You can learn more about our church by visiting church2911.com or connect with us on Facebook and Instagram at church2911. Thanks for listening to the 2911 Sermons Podcast. We hope you know that God has an amazing dream for you. And as always, we dare you to dream.